0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 10 of the Capsida Officers podcast. we got Brian and Chris. Um, This morning we're going to do, we're calling the two-minute drill. So I'm going to ask Chris a question. He doesn't know about these questions. He's going to have two minutes to give a response, and then we'll give him another question. Uh, So we're going to get going. Uh, First question is, um, you get a new Glock, what's the first thing you do to it?
1: Go shoot it. Literally, go put 5,000 rounds through it maybe 500 rounds through it. go shoot it. Um, If I'm gonna change anything out, I'm gonna dump the crappy plastic sights off the gun and put on steel sights. Uh, Probably won't make you shoot a whole lot better, uh, but they're much more durable. And then beyond that, maybe a connector or something like that. Cool. Less than two minutes,
0: ha. Way less than two minutes. I know, sorry. Wow, shortest Chris answer ever. True. Uh, Next question. Um, you get a new AR-15 that has a red dot on it, what's the first thing that you change on it?
1: Wow, um, we'll assume that it already has sights and fun stuff like that um, and it's kitted up if it's ready to go. Um, if I'm going to change anything on an AR, oh gosh, I like midlink gas systems. I don't know, so I'm not, I, I guess, but however it comes is how it comes, so I don't know. I, if, what am I going to change?
0: Yeah, triggers, grips, charging handles.
1: I don't know, I like the PNT triggers, but again, like the p and the ALG, the Geisley ALG triggers um, definitely make a difference. But again, I think it comes back to, you know, with just having this conversation with one of our customers yesterday, the biggest difference that you can make with the gun is go shoot it and learn how to shoot it. Um, but, yeah, I'm probably going to, because I'm me, I'm probably going to put an ACT or a, PC or a PN, Bravo Company p and trigger or something like that in it. Maybe a Geissele, um, but I don't know. Um, beyond that, if it's a good gun, then I'm probably not going to futz around with a whole lot else. If it's got an optic on it, I'm good to go. Um, I'll probably put a light on it if it doesn't have a light on it, and I'll put a sling on it if it doesn't have a sling on it. Um, and that's about it. So, you know, if, it's, if it
0: is what it is. Cool.
1: Another short answer. No. Yeah.
0: Um, folding knives in 2019, what would you prefer? Um, still
1: like the ZTs. Still like the ZTs. Uh, I know Benchmade stepped on their own crank um, here recently, but Benchmade still makes a really good knife uh, as well. Um, I, I still like uh, my Emersons. I've got a couple of CQC sevens that I think. I think the company's a great company. The knives are great knives. Um, the one time I did something dumb and broke one of them, um, it was totally on me. Um, but I'm, you know, still a big fan of that product and the company from a service standpoint. ZTs are hard to argue with. Um, I think I've had, I think I've had two of them that have had to go back between me personally and the store ever. Um, and both times they took care of whatever the issue was. I know one was an end user mistake and then I know the other, it seems like maybe a, a scale cracked or something like that. Um, and they were awesome about taking care of both of those. Um, less expensive knives, still like Spydercos. Um, and then some of the Kershaw's are pretty slick too. So, But the Kershaw's are just nice from a value perspective. Um, right now I'm carrying a little Delica uh, and I usually either have that or the ZT zero 350 on me so yeah something like that cool yep
0: uh another one of these it's now you know we're a couple months into 2019 um best handheld flashlight for everyday carry use on the market
1: um so if we're doing best handheld flashlights i'm gonna break it up into two categories um if you're carrying a flashlight because you do not have a light on your gun uh, or you want it specifically as an adjunct for the gun, for the firearm, uh, something like a Surefire Tactician is is really, really, really hard to beat. Um, the price is right. It's a lot of lumens. It's a lot of spill. Um, I, I see some of those, the flashlight manufacturers realizing that having a laser beam that shoots light hundred yards versus something that floods an entire space or room, you know, kind of recognizing those two divisions. Um, the Tactician's pretty awesome. Um, in, in any of the Surefire lights, if it's an adjunct to the gun, if it's a light that you want to carry because you need a light with you just for the world to use for everything, then I, I still carry one of the little Streamlight Protac 1A, 1A, 1L, 2As, something like that. I don't even know what it is. It's the little 350 lumens single cell. It'll run on a AA or on a lithium, 350 lumens with lithium, has a dim setting so you don't have to blind everybody to look you know that kind of thing. So, those are probably the two lights, depending on what you want them for. That I'm going to say are my two choices,
0: personally. That's it cool, yeah. Um, I'm I'm trying to trying to. Th- I did not prepare a list of questions like I should have. Ah, that happens. Yeah, that happens. Um, holster selection for. You know, everyday carry use, um, what's your go-to?
1: So, holsters, um, if I'm going to do a, a holster for a gun with a light on it, um, inside the waistband, I carry appendix inside the waistband. Um, I still don't find anything better than the Gotham for the gun with the light on it. Uh, it allows me to carry a G19 optic and Surefire X300 in one package appendix, um, I will say, with relative comfort. Um, so... That's that. If I'm carrying a gun without a light on it, if I'm carrying the Glock without a light on it, um, I, I, I'm, I have a few different options that I like a lot. Um, I've got an old custom-made holster that, that Peter's Custom Holsters, Greg and I, made together. That's an appendix rig that we modified in one of his designs. Um, that's still probably the most comfortable best concealing holster that I've got for no light for a Glock. Um, I also like the Jed stuff, Uh, Sudarm Solutions, his holsters with the claw on them are very comfortable, very easy to live with. Um, For me, kind of the off and on of the holster matters as well and and those holsters are convenient to take on and put on, take off, put on. Um, Last one's the Eidolon, Um, I'll occasionally wear an Eidolon too. If I go to a little bitty gun, um, I really like the little trigger guard. Like for a G43, I like the Vanguard trigger guard cover type holsters on something small like that, keeps it easy. Um, on the rare, rare occasion that I would shove a snubby somewhere and carry it, uh, I have an old Blade Tech scabbard for a snubby that that works great that I just haven't seen a reason to go away from. So a few different classes of holster depending on what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, for for playing dress up, the, the Go Ninja rig is going to be uh, Safari. Lane. So,
0: yeah, cool. Um, if you were going to pick a Glock. For concealed carry today, which one are you going to pick?
1: Um, I still like the 19. I, st- I still like the 19. Uh, I think the 19's a great gun. I still stand by the idea that it's kind of a Goldilocks gun. Um, it's most folks with a little change to wardrobe possibly can still conceal a 19, and it's still enough gun to fight with. Um, I see the new single stack, like the 43X and the 48 as being interesting. Um, I want to wait and make sure they're proven. Um, they seem to be. We've got a lot of guys buying them, a lot of guys putting rounds through them, a lot of professional end-users buying them as off-duty guns or backup guns and, and running them hard already. So something like that might be interesting. Um, it, you know, if, if it was a you could only have one gun, it, it would be the G19. Um, occasionally, again, I do wear the 43 as, as the small gun for certain situations, but It's very, very, very rare that I put it on because I can get away with a 19 pretty much all the time. So that's still where I'm at. Cool. Yep.
0: Uh, If you had to carry a gun that was not a Glock, which one are you gonna pick?
1: Um, without a lot of rounds through them, um, I've shot the, uh, one of our cohorts in crime that we train with has a four inch Smith M&P 2.0, and I cannot believe I'm saying this out loud, Um, but I shoot that gun incredibly well and it's the same size as the 19, the same capacity as the 19, and it's a similar system, no flippy switches and stuff like that. Um, so if I had to go buy something new right now today to carry, that'd be a tough gun to walk past. Um, the 320 Compact, uh, CP320 Compact is, is also interesting to me. Um, now that they're out of the woods with you know some of the problems they have with the gun early on, I would, I would probably consider a 320 as well. Um, the CZ P10 Compact, again, same size as G19. I sound like a broken record, but um, seems to be a great little gun. Then um, I would even consider like a P07, one of the DASA guns um, from some of the different manufacturers too. So if you know, if I had to go buy something different, um, if I just had to switch and didn't have to go buy something new, I might go to a high power. Uh, still like my Browning High Power. I just have to figure out how to hold on to it without locking the slide back, which would be just a minor change in grip probably, but. Yeah, so that's the long answer. Short answer is I'd probably go buy a 2.0, 4-inch, and go on.
0: Cool. Uh, if you were going to get started in competition shooting, uh, which competition group or system would you take a look at?
1: Oh, wow. This is going to start some kind of war, I bet. Um, I, I, w- I would probably look at USPSA. I would probably look at doing USPSA. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily go for open class. Um, you know, might go shoot limited or something like that. Um, maybe even production class. Um, but, but probably something geared on just running the gun really hard. Something geared on a, a, aggressive movement and, and running the gun really hard, really fast. Um, I, think, I still think there's a lot of carryover from USPSA to the real world. Uh, I know that you know you're not using proper co- cover properly, and I know that you know you might be unloading in the open and all these different things, um, but it just seems like that's where a lot of the real competition is. Um, so if I, if I if I had to choose one, it'd probably be USPSA. Um, having said that, I, I don't want to look down my nose at IDPA because that's not where I'm at with it. Um, so, but it'd probably be USPSA. Go fast, have fun.
0: Cool. Uh, if you're newer shooter um, looking to take some professional training classes, um, what are you looking for in an instructor? Um, I'm gonna. I want
1: to talk to folks who have trained with that instructor. I want to maybe even follow that instructor on social media for a while and see if you can get a vibe on them. Understanding that that may not be the best way to get a vibe on some of these guys. I know I've not mat- met Pat McNamara personally, but everybody says that his online persona is way different than how he teaches um you know so that he's you know the whole you know get you some and all the wildness that he does is not who he is in class that he's a really good instructor um so i want to talk to people who have taken classes with him i want to read some reviews this that and the other maybe follow look at what his content is that he teaches if you're a newer shooter the problem with that is you don't know whether it's good content or not so that's where you're going out and trying to find some rabbis that you can talk to and say hey um, i'm going to throw in just a shameless plug for us that's the advantage of who we are is we've you know we've done a lot of this stuff so find somebody who has trained with some top-notch instructors and and ask them you know who are they looking at might be the tactic um so yeah i mean i, I that that's that's a tough thing to do because most of these guys don't have a huge footprint because of what they did in the past you can't really go back and you know kind of from an overview what they did but what are they teaching now and, and stuff like that so and just because somebody was a super secret scroll navy seal ninja delta whatever dude doesn't necessarily mean that they can teach and just because somebody wasn't doesn't mean they don't have the knowledge and can't convey it too so find find some good rabbis and start talking to them
0: cool cool um so now you've you signed up for your class it's coming up what are you doing to get ready for that class um, it, you know what,
1: if I'm, if I'm not in shape, or not more in shape than I am right now, um, I'm, I'm gonna do some PT. I mean, if, if, I've got, if I've got 30 days, I'm gonna start doing anything involving sprint work, up and down movement, um, you know, because that's what you're likely gonna, in a basic class you're probably not gonna, but anything I do to get your PT, make yourself move a little better, do some footwork drills, uh, stuff like that. If you're in good shape, Um, and you're prepping for the class, I'm gonna make sure I have my gear squared away from a standpoint of what's the instructor wanna see. Um, So I'm gonna square me away, I'm gonna square my gear away. Um, Along with that, I'm also under squaring me away, I'm probably gonna maybe pick up the dry fire pace a little bit. Um, Probably something I should be doing anyway, right? But going into a class, uh, you can do a lot of dry fire stuff on and off timer, um, and I'm probably gonna work that angle of things too. So square me away, dry fire, PT, up and down a lot sprints a lot um if you've got the time to make a difference if it's a week out screw it make sure your gear's squared away and go um but yeah so I mean those are those are the big things um I, I don't want to get too deep into the class I'm going to go take and try and learn what the instructor's going to teach and go practice it because i there's maybe something I'm missing so I'm not going to fuss around with that
0: Kind of defeat the pur- purpose of going to take the class. Yeah,
1: well, it could, and it could actually slow you down in the class because if you go, you think you have a grip on what they're doing, and then you find out there's a reason or there's a rhyme to it that you didn't know, then you're just blowing time on something, you know, and maybe maybe greasing the wrong groove. So yeah,
0: cool. Yep. I think that's all I got. For
1: you know school. what? I think for two a decidedly non-sports ball guys, I think we managed to do a two-minute drill pretty well. I still wish I understand what the heck a two-minute drill was, but whatever. So no big deal.
0: Cool. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you.